This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. There we go, just waiting for a little bass to do its little thing. Good afternoon, everyone. It is the afternoon here on 3RRR FM. Gosh, I sound croaky. <laughs> you haven't, because um, you, you came in heroically with the Lurgy last week. Yeah. And the, you're saying you haven't really improved. Well, the Lurgy's just, st- it's been tough, man. You're still laid out. Well, you know what they say, don't mm. You know, doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. I'm just waiting for the strength to come after <laughs> you've got, the You've got many layers on there. You're The three to four layer. Three. Yeah, three. I'm going three. Yeah. And your headphones keeping your little, your little ears warm. It's good. Matt, do I detect just a note of condescension there? Hello, Cameron Smith. How are you, poor sick puppy? And welcome to the show. My name is Matt Stedman. And my name is Cam Smith, and we're here to talk about food. Yes. Food's our main subject here. And actually, oh, we're going to be talking a bit about booze too. Yes. Uh, which will be uh, will be rather good. We've got a market report. I've gone to see John. I talked to him a little bit about the meaning of life. Really? Well, I guess you have to know what food makes you happy. Zen and the art of the market report. Well, just to chill him out a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes he needs that. Windy out there. Crazy windy. Crazy windy. I was wondering whether you were going to ride in. No. But you didn't. <laughs> Matt's, uh, I got out of the car and thought, oh, thank God I didn't ride in. Yeah. That would not be fun. All right, let's look back quickly and then we'll look forward. Looking back, we yes. have to say, scientists, thank you as always. Yeah, and Dr. Crystal noticed something I'd also noticed this week. Uh, some There are some spring flowers out. There are some very confused plants out there. <laughs> Just um, take take a seat, jonquils. Tomatoes. Yes. Reflowering. What is with that? Well, what do you think? It's it's very, very mild. Yeah. And these are very springy sort of winds. And we don't talk about it as an election issue. No. Anyway, let's stop that because you know, you know me now, <laughs> folks, don't you, that I'll go down that road. But we're not going to because we've got a great show for you today. We're going to go to Oak Ridge um, in the Yarra Valley. Yes. Um, home of great Chardonnay, home of great chef, Matt Stone. Yes. And Joe. Yes. Um, and uh, he's going to be foraging and he's going to eat it. <laughs> And we have a guy called Elijah Holland. Yes. Why is he special? Well, we might ask him. Yeah. And we're going to do that very, very shortly because he's about to be slammed. Yeah, we spoke to him five minutes before the show and he was he was talking very fast. Let's put it that way. This is going to be a quick thing, right? Yeah, this right. going to be five minutes on air, right? Yeah, okay. So if, you wanna, if you're chilled out at home on a Sunday and you want to sort of vicariously feel the stress of a kitchen, yes. well, it's going to just, uh, I think it's going to come through the, uh, the radio for you. Then we're going to go see John, and then we have Adele Arkell. Who is she, you might ask? Well, she's one of the purveyors of great Mexican food in this town. Yes. Radio Mexico, in mm. Northcote, in St Kilda. Yes. She's bringing out a master distiller of tequila. Because let's face yeah. it, tequila's had a pretty bad rap for, for years and years. I know. was saying before the show, I think tequila, I think uh, bad nights, teenage nights, high school drunkenness, the, the the lemon and the salt and all that sort of stuff. But it's far more than that. Well, it should be, and we're going to yeah. talk a little bit about that. I mean, for years, some say the shady characters who've been making the rounds, insulting grandmothers, crashing parties and kicking puppies while claiming to be tequila. <laughs> and... Uh, and and it could be be that you know their bad reputation is spread like a rumor on Facebook, and now the only love tequila can get is part of a drunken dare, as you were saying. Mm. But there's so much more to that. So uh, we're going to be talking about a night that's happening, um, and it's actually to do with dining with heart, uh, with the uh, 
the wonderful um, St Kilda Mission, of yes, course. Second Heart Mission. Thank you very, very much for that. Um, and uh, we have two tickets to give away for the Dining with Heart dinner that's going to be happening at the Palais yes. on Tuesday, worth two hundred and twenty bucks each. Yes. Some of Melbourne's greatest chefs are going to be cooking. So you've got a chance. Um, there will be a question. There will be. We just have might to have something to do with tequila, and Matt and I oh. will confab and we'll work out when we're going to do that. Hey, before we press on, should we, should we let's do get it. Matt on the phone? I think let's uh, let's do it. Twelve oh six, twelve oh seven, actually here on three triple R on what is a windy, windy, windy Sunday. Hope you're indoors. Hope you're enjoying um, oh, a bit of bit of nice sort of stuff. Yeah. And using the phone, we have it ringing. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. <laughs> Three ringy dingies. Ooh. Let's hope we get Matt. So if you just join us, we're ringing Matt Stone at Oak Ridge. Hello. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen. We have Matt Stone about to deal with 120 people. We promise we'll be quick. Good afternoon. How are you going? Oh, I'm going really good. Have you got are there uh, orders on the board already? Oh, a few tables in, but that's okay. We're just getting someone chose out now, so that's all good. That's the way. So, um, for those that haven't met you before, of course, you are Matt Stone. Uh, I am, yes. Yes, this this is a true statement. Uh, you're, you're up in the air. Oh, have you stepped outside? Yeah, it's a bit loud in the kitchen. I just popped out the back and enjoyed a view for a moment before the uh, chaos. So, you've got the wind as well, huh? Yeah, it was really windy this morning. It's stopped down a bit now, but uh, yeah, it's blown a gale. All the... Uh, Pretty much all the leaves are blown off the vines uh, this morning, so it's looking oh, really? very autumnal out here. Well, I was driving up Drummond Street, and there's still a few sort of just tenaciously hanging on to the oak trees, but they're around. But um, I wanted to talk to you because you've got an interesting th- coming uh, coming up where you're going to be meeting. Well, you've, you've you've got a bit of a bromance thing going on, haven't you? <laughs> uh, you could say that. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, like-minded souls. Um, we're talking about a guy called. Elijah. Tell me a little bit about Elijah. Um, Elijah is a professional forager. He's also a chef. Um, started cooking and then found himself uh, in the world of wild food. Um, and he's probably, in my opinion, the best forager that I know in Australia. Um, and he uh, he was lucky enough to do the foraging job for Noma Australia whilst they were here, as well as a bit of cooking for those guys. And I met him through that through that time, and we really hit it off. And um, he's, he's driving from Sydney to Canberra today to... Um, Pick up hmm. some, some random bits on the way, and then tomorrow he'll travel from Canberra to, to meet me at the winery, and then we'll spend the rest of the week hunting, fishing, and gathering. <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like it's going to be an ace week. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a change of pace, which uh, I'm really looking forward to. So does that mean that you get to have some time off from the restaurant per se? Uh, well, we you know we get a couple of days off a week, so I'll spend those days with, uh, with EJ out in the forest, and mm. then... I've kind of rocked this week, so uh, everyone stays off from the kitchen. They can kind of go and spend some time and, and learn a bit of stuff from him and um, finish it all up with a, with a dinner on Friday night. That sounds great, and um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to come up for that, and hopefully I'm going to hang out with you guys on the uh, the Friday and maybe wander around with you. But, hey, tell me, Matt, what sort of stuff, first of all, where are you going to be looking around, and what sort of stuff are you going to be looking at? Uh, well, this time of year, uh, mushrooms are in full bloom, so yeah. things like pine mushrooms, uh, we've found some bluets around lately, slippery jacks and ghosts, mm. uh, as well as a few different fungus, some black fungus and a few others getting around. Um, we've found some native cherries that are in fruit at the moment as well. Lily native cherries? Still, 
Yeah, it's quite a small little cherry. It has quite a large stone, not a lot of flesh, so it's kind of good infused into a sauce or as a flavouring as opposed to just eating as a fruit. Has it got a lot of acid to it? It's quite uh, it's quite acidic. It's quite tannic, like most of the Australian native ingredients. But Go, um, gotcha. the, the flavour's nice, and I think it will work them into some kind of meat-based sauce, perhaps, um, yep. for either a vegetable or a or a piece of protein. We're not too sure yet. Yep. Um, and then there'll be lots of other things, like with this uh, rains, all the oxalis is coming out, mallow, dandelions, lots of different edible weeds. Um, I've got a pretty good knowledge of what's around, but, um, you know, EJ is a bit of an expert. Both both his parents are botanists, so he's um, he knows a thing or two about plants, so... Hopefully I can uh, learn a heap more. Yeah, well, that's going to be the great thing about that sort of stuff. And and one of the things that when I first heard that Rene Redzepi was coming to this country, I sort of rejoiced about it because I thought, bloody hell, if there's anyone who's going to really interpret the bush foods that we have or reinterpret or maybe just throw down to us what could be used and what's valid, it would be be those guys, yeah? For sure, yeah. I mean... Rene was lucky enough to come with a bit of a, obviously has, has an amazing knowledge of, of cooking and wild food and stuff, and he had a lot of support from, from a lot of people around Australia. And what, what Rene did is quite difficult to replicate for, for us humble chefs in, in our little restaurants and yeah. have access to stuff all over the country. But I think it, what it does do is opens up the doors for really regional cuisine. You know, like at, at Oak Ridge, we're really trying to define a Yarra Valley cuisine. And I think by doing little things like this, you know, if we can find some interesting ingredients within an hour or two from the restaurant in the wild it can really start to define what we're doing here i think yeah and by having him come up it it just sort of yeah defines that just a little bit more because i remember when you first came there one of the things you said you weren't going to do was to have any ocean fish on the menu which i thought was a a great reflection of the region most definitely like i I love um, fish from the ocean, and, and it's an absolute pleasure to cook with. But um, you know, firstly, the sustainable aspect of the oceans is pretty pretty dire. And then, you know, I, yeah. I stand here looking at uh, rolling green mountains and, and grapevines. You know, there's no sight or smell of ocean. So for me, it feels a little bit a little bit odd to be serving those things. So you know, the, the wineries down the peninsula can serve that stuff, and we we'll just continue filleting hundreds of uh, trout a week. <laughs> yeah, rather than saying so, how was that piece of harpuka? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But I think these sort of boundaries really promote creativity, so it's a good one for us. Yeah, right. Um, tell me, mate, the um, the foraging thing, have you got any room left for, for people to come along for that? Or is uh, it booked out? There was two or four seats left this morning due to a last-minute cancellation, but um, there was a few on the wait list, so it's touch and go. If anyone's still keen, I, just, uh, I encourage you to call up and get your name on the list at least. Um, yeah, cool. And, and see how you go. But we will be doing a few more uh, in the coming months as well. So this isn't just a one-off. Um, hopefully it all goes well and we can do a few more uh, with the season to really, you know, reflect the area. And just to reiterate, the guy's name who you're going to be hanging out with is Elijah Holland, if people want to look him up and just get an idea of uh, what he's all about. And yep. um, you have probably got a few more orders on your board and you probably need to get back to it. Uh, I'm about to walk into it, but that's, that's all good. <laughs> walk into the maelstrom. We'll say hi to Joe and um, all the guys there. Look forward to seeing you at the end of the week. All right, mate. Beauty. Take care. Thanks for taking the time. Cheers, bye. See you, Matt. That is one uh, chef about to walk into yeah. a busy service. He sounds calm and balanced. He did, actually. He sounds ready to uh, 
fight off the orders. To, to go through with all that needed to be gone through with. Hey, did you want to talk just uh, just quickly before we uh, play music? Just want to briefly uh, talk a little further about Dining with Heart and what it is and whether there are still tickets available? Because I think there are. Are there not? There might be a few tickets available for the Dining with Heart dinner. That takes place at the Palais. Uh, this is all, the one where you eat on the stage, yeah? Yeah, well, the whole idea is, you know, the the thing with Sacred Heart Mission, it's all about feeding people. We're well, mm. looking after people. Mm. One of the real tangible things they do is they've got a commercial kitchen down there in Grey Street, St Kilda. Yes. Um, and they, for years and years, they've, they've put food into people's stomach mm. and uh, given them the conviviality of the dining room so mm. that people can actually sort of eat. Um they do it on a shoestring. I think it's about $4 a day it costs to yeah. feed people, which is just extraordinary. So the idea is that uh, we, they need to um, get money to keep going to do the valuable work that they do. Mm. That's pretty much it. And uh, part of that is Dining with Heart Month that you'll see around the place yes. where you'll see a whole bunch of things like money boxes, um, special dinners. Adele Arkell's coming in. She's going to be talking from Radio Mexico about yep. a special tequila night she's doing. And uh, the big night, the one of the big signature nights, is the Dining with Heart dinner, which is taking place at the Palais, where they reverse things. And you sit on the stage and you look out at where the audience at usually the is. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of cool. Um, and uh, a whole bunch of great uh, Melbourne chefs have come together, put that all together for people, it's 220 bucks a head. Yes. And that's, I guess that'd be tax deductible. Actually, yeah. I don't think it is. Cause oh, it's no, not, it's, it's not a donation. That's not a donation. Yeah, oh, you're right, you're right. Anyway. But it is 220. It's going to a good place. Well, it's tangible. You know, yeah. it's one of those things where you can actually say, look, see that plate of food that a person's eating? Yes. That's a good thing. Yeah. And we want to keep that good thing going and, um, and maybe can help support it. So, we are. We have got uh, a double pass we to do. give away. Um, We're going to do it a little later in the show, but that's a bloody good prize. It is a bloody good prize. Yeah. And in fact, actually, maybe yeah, we'll we'll do it in a bit. And um, I'll maybe one of the things Matt says we'll we'll do as a question. Twelve sixteen <laughs> as the time flies. Um, gosh, gosh, gosh! Oh, I did have a nice food quote for today. Yes, from one of my culinary heroes. James Beard. Yes. Yeah. He was like the Margaret Fulton of America. Yes, and lives on through the James Beard Foundation. I don't know if that's a great analogy. Oh, really? Oh, just yeah. Yeah. Margaret <laughs> Fulton. Well, he was... Uh, look, he's a, he was a magnificent well, human well being. Well-respected guy. He really was. A great author. Um, uh, not to be, A man not to be trifled with. Mm. Um, you know, he'll never die wondering. Mm. Old James. But he said, Good bread is the most fundamentally satisfying of all foods. And good bread with fresh butter, the greatest of feasts. And so, so all of us. Yes. I think a, a lovely piece of bread can just be an amazing, amazing thing. Um, did I have anything interesting happen today? I think I did. What was I looking up that I saw happen today? Oh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was born. What's this got to do with food, you say? What's this got to do with well, food? Well, creator of Sherlock Holmes, yes. and Holmes would go for days without food while working on a case. Yes. And we know why, don't we? <laughs> he was a bit of a fan of the chemical substance. Of the marching powder of some sort. It filled yeah. his mind. All right, let's move on so yeah. that we don't have too many drug references no. with things of like that. In 1931. Yes. Canned rattlesnake goes on sale. What? Packed by George K. End of Arcadia, Florida. Apparently wasn't 
quite a biggest hit as spam. Here on Triple R, which we should probably move on from that. 12.18 here on 3 Triple R FM. Matt knows what he's doing. Some music, perhaps. What a great idea. Ah. It's good for driving. Oh, oh this is great. Matt doesn't usually allow me to just come back to, uh, to on mic after a song. You want, usually you goes, want to do what? Well, I will usually just do some sponsorship announcements now. <laughs> so this is great. 3 Triple R FM, 12.21 and a half. You're listening to Eat It. My name is Cameron Smith. You are... Matt Stedman, how are yeah. you going? And... Thank you for this opportunity, Matt. This is this is great. He, you can obviously see this is the man who really drives the bus here on this hour. But um, it's giveaway time, ladies and gentlemen. Nine three double eight one zero two seven. You must be a subscriber. Yes. What we are giving away is a significant prize. Jesus, it's four hundred and forty bucks worth, and a bloody good. Dinner. See how my arithmetic mind yes, works. Then you can Just, add, you can hey, hey. you can do those numbers. I didn't even use a calculator for that. <laughs> Huh? Look at that. Nine, three, three, eight, one, oh, two, seven is the question is, we were talking to um, Matt Stone, who was uh, standing looking across at a better view that probably you and I are looking at. Yes. Um, he's going to go foraging with Elijah Holland, who's the ex-Noma uh, forager. Yes. Tell us, um, if you can, uh, name two things that uh, Matt's hoping to find. Yes. Huh? He mentioned... One of them started with O. You mentioned about three or four. So yeah. if you were listening attently, intently, yeah. intently, then uh, <laughs> you might know. If you ring nine three double eight one zero two seven, you could ring uh, win a double pass to the dining with heart dinner in St Kilda in a few weeks' time. And it's it's going to be great. It, no, it's it's this Tuesday. Oh, this Tuesday. Oh, yeah. wow. So it's like come this on, week. dude. Yeah, dude. Get, come on, get with it. Um, so do that, and I think what we might do in yes. that case is we might go to the Queen Victoria Market. That's an excellent idea. Oh, I love it. Mm. Hey, the wind is a little bit crazy today, isn't it? Oh, it's a little bit breezy. It's got that little bit of a lick in it, mm. like someone's embracing you. Yeah. You know, you just have that feel. I, I was walking up Elizabeth Street before, and it was like it was pushing back at me. I could feel the jeans, my, my jeans sort of going around my legs. That's so strange much. sensation. It is a weird sensation. But it's Melbourne, you've got to expect it. Well, where are we? We're sort of towards the end of May now. And this feels really warm. It is warm, but I think that the clouds are rolling across. Yeah. With that little bit of a bite in the uh, air, I think it might may shower, not rain, mm. later on. But hopefully if it comes, it'll stop this wind. Who knows? Hey, esoteric question, just without any notice at all. Food-wise, what makes you happy? Oh, see, I'm a cannibal. I eat everything, so yeah. as long as it's homemade, and even sometimes when we eat out, yeah. anything keeps me happy, but more handmade pasta. Handmade pasta? Handmade pasta. We make our pasta flour and water. Yeah. Um, no eggs? No eggs. No my, eggs. My wife uh, is used to putting eggs in, yeah. but she's been a good girl. She's been doing it our way, because she comes from uh, about 100 kilometres, or her parents come from 100 kilometres away from my parents. What, north, south, east? Uh, in the middle of the boot. Yes. So, uh, actually, I'm parallel right in the middle of the boot. It's called south, but it's... Um, Central Italy. We mm. come from Abruzzo, Molise. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, yeah, that, and with a beautiful homemade ragu, uh, we use oxtail and fresh yeah. tomatoes, and it's so sweet. Yes. And, and it doesn't matter how tired I am, it lifts me up. And, and you'd be thinking about like a big noodle, like a papadella, like, like a thick. 
noodle for that? Uh, any style, you know, either fettuccine or even we do the cavatelli, the little ones that are twirled with the fingers. And that's um, the cavatelli means a little cave, doesn't it? That's right, yes. yes and there's a little cave for the for the sauce to go and reside. Oh, it sits in it and the cheese sits on top and they're glorious. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't mind a good honest roast as well. That, that mm. really reminds me of my younger days. You know, when Auntie Eve used to make a roast and Mum learned to make the good roast the Aussie way, yeah. um, not the Anglo way where they cooked the crap out of everything. So, yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, my grandfather, he learned really well because he came here in 1927 and he made the best roast lamb. Mind you, it was full of garlic and that every, every uh, centimetre had a piece of garlic in it. But five days later, you know, we all say, you know, two days, you shouldn't eat it. But five days later, he'd keep it in a muslin cloth, not in the fridge. Yeah. And it'd be right, but you'd make the best sandwich with it. Really? That's what keeps me happy. Really? Yeah. Go on. And, and it's a funny thing, is it, they're sort of... Okay, here's, here's a thought, though. You know, for all the folks out there that are, are listening to this, and there'll be a lot of young parents that are out there, or older parents, and they're cooking things for their daughters and their sons... Do you realise, folks, that probably what you are doing, some of the things in your repertoire, is going to be the comfort food of your children of tomorrow? Oh, definitely, because I always say that good food evokes good memories. Yeah. You know, you remember... And especially if you have food that is cooked for you by others, like your mother or your father. Definitely. And you remember five years later, you know, we had this gathering, beautiful friends, beautiful food... And I can remember that I ate this. I'm like that. I'm, some things I don't remember because I don't mm. want to. Yeah. But when it comes to good food, you know, I can remember that you know, a month ago we had a, um, a gathering at my cousin's place and he put on a beautiful spread because his mother's getting on too. She turned 90 a month ago. Mm. So, you know, you remember these things. So it's comforting as well. Yeah, it is. Anyway, all right, let's... I just thought I'd ask you that out of um, out of interest. You've brought a little bit of show and tell for us today. We've got some garlic. We've got some nice little bunch of uh, basil. This is the stuff from your garden, isn't it? Yeah, it looks a little bit tired, but yeah. this is what we were hinting on last week about seasonality. Mm. Uh, the the um, the basil in the backyard has all gone to seed and it's dying out. And as you see, this has been picked two days and it looks a little bit limp. Had it been uh, earlier in the season, even after a week, it would look beautiful and fresh. Yep. So that's lying out. But we're lucky we got good basil coming down from Cairns by aeroplane, uh, still at a reasonable price. Mm. So we can eat basil 52 weeks a year, yep. uh, which is what's happening. But there's still seasonality, which a lot of people forget. And you know what I love about this? You know, this basil, you said it's gone to seed. You know, these little little heads of... Um, Seed, of, pods, yeah, yeah. seed pods. That's where all the oil is. That's where all the oil is. You know what I love doing is just um, breaking off a few of those and just sticking it in some olive oil. Oh. And you've got a little, even in June, you know, the middle of, you know, you say we can get uh, basil all year round, but there's that taste of summer, isn't there? Yeah, and if you rub your tomato like the Italians do over the, a bit of bread or a bit of toast mm. and then do that on top. Mate, that's to die for. And that's so easy too, you know, a little bit of salt. And, and the garlic milk. as well. So we'll yep. talk about garlic and about- seasonality. People keep on saying, is this Australian garlic? Unfortunately not. It's got a beautiful purple hue. It mm. came out of Mexico. Uh, we, we believe that it's not overly treated, so it's not full of chemicals like a lot of people think. Yes. Uh, we had a batch that even came out of Egypt last week. Really? Yeah, it's this one. It's got a long stem. Like Looks like <laughs> it was picked yesterday, but... Uh, I don't know about that. I haven't eaten it yet. A lot of people came back and said it was beautiful. Yep. 
But again, the prices are not too different than when we're selling the local stuff. So, mm. you know, again, we've got good um, good stuff 52 weeks of the year. We don't eat Chinese garlic. They do grow good garlic in China, but they send it to the States. And what is the difference between, say, this that you've held up, these with the stems? So we've got this from, uh, so we've got this from Egypt. This, this is one's Mexican. Mexican. Um, and how is that different to, say, the Chinese garlic? Well, it's not because it comes from China. It's the variety. No, no, no. Yeah. Because we grow that white variety here in Australia, and it's I avoid small. it. No, no, it can be big as well. Okay. And even even there's an elephant variety that's white, because normally the big, huge garlic with the... Um, it looks like an overgrown mandarin when you break it open. Yes, yes. Um, the white varieties, they're more pungent, more uh, acid... Mm. Um, not nice. It overpowers everything, you know. Goes to sulphur. Uh, yeah, it like yeah. it moves to sulphur. And you know what? The one thing I've seen that's been really weird is that I've done that. You know, the chicken you do the what I call the basin treble chicken. Actually, Stephanie Alexander's chicken, where you uh, you smash up some garlic, whack that in the cavity of the chicken, lemon in there as well. But the, with the Chinese stuff, it went blue. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's like, it's, wow, that is weird. It's not poisonous. It's no. just a variety that does that. And that's sulfur compounds look, coming yeah, up. Yeah, it looks strange. But yeah. a, a lot of people like that stuff. Um, they, they use the Chinese stuff when you're walking a heap of Chinese vegetables. You really need that bang of garlic and comes out into the sauces that you use as well. That's fine. When you want a real punch. Yeah. yeah. But when you're making a delicate salad or you're making a roast, you want something that's a little bit sweeter. Yes. Uh, you want the garlic taste, but you don't want it to kill the flavour of whatever you're eating. Mm. Same as if you're rubbing it on the bread. You don't want to have a bitter taste in your mouth straight away, and you don't want to reek for days. Oh, that's true. And this is, you were talking about roast before, one of the, the great things is, say, about half an hour before you serve your roast... Chuck your bits of garlic in there and it'll cook through and it becomes super sweet and just divine. Oh, you can do like my grandfather used to stab the leg so many times and fill it with garlic. And, you know, it's beautiful because it stays moist because it's inside the meat. Yeah. And uh, everyone's happy. So And, and rosemary as well or just garlic? Uh, he didn't use much rosemary. Because I used to like doing the, yeah, I do the rosemary and the little bit of garlic together as a little... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was uh, a single man, a cook quicker, so you know he didn't bother okay. about all the frills, right. all that sort of stuff. All right. So anyway, that's garlic. Um, so there's many to choose from. Have a think about that if we have the Chinese. We've got some um, Swiss, Swiss browns. Swiss browns. <laughs> Swiss browns. Yeah, yeah. These very Swiss <laughs> mushrooms, and they were when they first came out, weren't they? Oh, they still are, mate. Because of the weather, they've been a, a little bit lighter in supply. <laughs> Last week, these, these are small champignon style, still a little bit close, but because close of up. the breeze, they're opening up. Yep. Last week, we had some bigger ones that were um, uh, about six or seven centimetres across an hour open. Oh, I remember the, we were yeah. talking about those last and, week. And yeah. uh, we grilled them, we stuffed them and grilled them, and they were gorgeous. My daughter really loved them a lot. Yeah. So get out there and buy some. We sell these 16 a kilo. Some people fall over at the price, but... When they buy a handful, they don't eat the white ones again. And actually, two weeks ago, when I had the white ones, I couldn't sell them. Yeah. And they were really nice, white, pristine mushrooms. Not interested. They wanted the, the brown ones. And why is that, just for those, the layman that might have never tried a brown mushroom? Oh, it's the intensity of flavour, texture. texture. Yeah. Uh, even eating them raw, a different flavour, a little bit sweeter. If you let them ripen up, 
uh, a little bit stronger. Yes. So it depends on what you're doing. These whisk slice in a three and throw them in a pan with a bit of oil, a bit of butter and a bit of garlic, and you just warm them through. Um, don't need much else. No, don't need much else. You can yeah. even chuck them in in the roast in the last couple of minutes and warm them through in the oven. Mm. Uh, yeah, so they're very nice. You can't go wrong there. Um, and then yep. I brought your celery, which we talked about. You're making me Bloody Marys again, or what? Yeah, well, they're a little bit dearer at the moment. Um, yeah. You'll find the cheaper celery at about two fifty all around because um, there's a little bit less. This is um, probably only two, two-thirds of the size of our normal bunches. Mm. Still very crisp and, and beautiful colour, but a little bit dearer. Yeah. So Stringy. we need celery. No, not really. Yeah. It looks coarse, but this variety is very good. Even if it does have a little bit of string, it's not something that will break your teeth. Yeah. So we always use celery. It doesn't matter if we're eating it raw or we're putting into it a soup or casserole or your juice. Or if John's getting the peanut butter jar. Yeah, yeah. I got a fresh jar. Oh, I mean, oh. Fresh tub. Oh, my God. It's made fresh here down at the bread shop, at the Chuffers bread shop. They've got I, a machine. I made the mistake of getting some low-fat peanut butter. I don't know. I don't, I, know. I, I don't know. It was on special. Decaffeinated low-fat milk coffee too. Okay, no, please. I just set myself. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, you asked for it. Confession, confession. You asked for it. I've confessed, but don't buy that stuff because it's got the weirdest texture. But a slight disc. Doesn't spread anyway. Peanut butter is full of natural oils, and yeah. they add more oil. So yeah. why would you want to buy low-fat? And, low and so I know. I know. If you're going to be bad, you're going to be bad. But it was half price, and I just went, "Oh yeah, well, maybe I'll try that." And then I won't do it again. Half price. I won't do work. it again. I told you. Knowledge plus experience you, equals wisdom. Yeah. 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 Okay. You, you buy the stuff that's made by some small company. Yes. Like the bread shop. Yes. They don't fill it with sugar. They or don't fill stuff. it with salt. Weird emulsifiers. Nothing. No, no, no. Peanuts, oil. Yeah. And out the other end. Bang. Into the container. Into the container. Into, right. into so. John's piece of celery. <laughs> into his mouth. There he All is. All right. He's happy. So... Bananas a dime a dozen, which is tragic. Yep. Why do people go off bananas when they're cheap? I don't know. the time to jump in and make banana bread, banana cake, put in the freezer. Banana smoothies. Smoothies, mm. yogurt and banana. We've been on talking in this yogurt. I don't know why. How did we get stuck on that? But anyway. I didn't even bring it up this time. <laughs> I did. Yeah, good. I thought I'd better not talk about it because I kept going on about it. Um, bananas chopped up on a little bit on top of your muesli and your cereal. Yeah, my dad's good at doing it. He loves it. On a bit of bread with some honey. A uh, toast. Or, or it, you do what mum used to do for the kids when they were smaller. Mm. To, to Franca's dismay. What? Toast. Sliced banana. Yeah. Um, a little, little bit of butter on the side okay. and chocolate on the top yeah. under the gorilla. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Franca say, you're going to get fat? And they're both lean. Not, not too lean, but... They're doing well. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lean enough. they're not putting on the put. So you know, you got to be bad sometimes, and and that's comfort food as well. Yeah. Because when you eat that bread and the toast and the chocolate and the banana to die for, even I do it sometimes, even though I can't eat too many bananas because I'm allergic to some compound in them. Yeah. But they're very good for you. And this is the time to do it because whoa, that's a big win. Can you feel that? Folks? Sun's coming out, mate. Oh, thank God for that. Oh, this, yeah, you this can probably hear around. it. Yes. See the polystyrene ones? Yeah. All right, mate. Well, look, what uh, we should probably move on to pick of the market. Let's right. get some mandarins. Yeah, mandarins, yeah. pears, apples, they're all out there. Custard apples, five bucks a kilo. That's yeah. pretty cheap. Grapes, local grapes on the way out. 
Oh, uh, plenty of pineapples out there. Yeah. Tomatoes are exceptional still. Yeah. People are coming and raving about our Doncaster tomatoes. Even these beautiful heirlooms that come out of South Australia. This is a rouge de marmalade, less wrinkles, more flesh. Wow. Uh, people are making magic salads. I had a fellow ask me for the little, little tomatoes that were a little bit wrinkly on the skin because mm. you're going to cut them in half and shove them in the oven. Um, and they're making salads as well. Peas and beans, about the $10 mark for good stuff. You can get machine picked for $5, take them home today, eat them today, throw them away tomorrow. Yeah. Passion fruit. Passion fruit. Get some passion well, fruit in you. Yeah, five for two bucks and yeah. cheaper. Lemons are a little bit dearer. I got given some homegrown ones yesterday, but they're smaller than an egg. Yes. So that's why they're dear. Wow. Um, broccoli's come back to nothing. Cauliflowers, big cauliflower for three fifty. I'm going to take my life into my own hands and ask Franca to do parboil and batter it again for me. Really? We'll see what happens. What time's that going to happen? Well, it'll be tomorrow, so oh, I'll see if I survive to dinner time. So see if there's an earthquake in higher. <laughs> higher earthquake. Um, and chestnuts. Chestnuts, yeah, yeah, they're getting on, so be careful that they're not black in the middle. But that's what I was going to say. If you haven't had one yet, maybe this is a good time to uh, do it because they're going to going to finish soon. Yeah, and uh, later on they're not the same flavour, not the same intensity, even yeah. if they're nice and white inside. Mm. Everything's got its time frame, some things more than others. It's like life, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. And what do we always say? Walk through the market, Pick look around. Pick the eyes out of the market. Pick the eyes out of it, the sun's out now. I was wrong, the clouds are going. Oh, it's getting quite... That's oh, warm. There's, there's warmth this, in that sun. It's still got a little bit of a lick in the air. Alright. This is Melbourne. It's... Take it as it comes. Yeah, right. And we'll uh, maybe go and join the people in line for a donut or something in a. Yeah, in a bit. yeah. They've been selling more donuts lately. I think people are getting into the colder spirit of life. Oh, last and week when I came, I didn't mention it to you. I meant to. There was like a, a double line of people at the donut, and quite rightly too. That's why a lot of us still come to the market. <laughs> Deep fried yeast batter dough. Yeah, filled with jam. Yeah, go wrong. Good for you. It is. All right, everything in balance. As John said, come and pick the eyes out of the market. It's all here. I um, hope we've inspired you to cook some things. Um, what are you going to try and get Franca to do again? She's going to batter the... You break the cauliflower into flowerettes, yeah. boil it for a little bit, not yeah. too long, still yeah. crunchy, yeah. make a beautiful batter, yeah. dip it in so it gets what, into what, all the crevices. What, what's a beautiful batter? Uh, basic flour, no water. Not a beer batter? No, you can do beer batter, but it can be a little bit heavier. Um, yeah doesn't stick properly, I mean. Okay. So um, just a nice batter. A nice batter. Deep fry. Shallow fry. Shallow fry. Hot olive oil. Ooh. Till it's golden brown. Oh, you've got to put a lot of parsley into your batter as well. Yeah. yeah a little bit of salt and pepper. Yeah. A little bit of garlic. Yeah. Fry till it's golden brown. Ooh. Serve it beside a steak. Oh. Or anything. Oh. You know, we even used to go to Toto's up in Ligon in the olden days, and they used to make it there. Really? Yeah. And I'd go, and the old man would say, you want cauliflower with your uh, schnitzel? Said, yeah, of course, yeah, mate. Yeah, cauliflower with my schnitzel. Yeah, but he didn't give me the, the boiled cauliflower. Always the, the no, boiled, no, no. the fried one, son. Do you know yeah. where, that's where the ham and um, pineapple pizza originated from? I wouldn't be surprised, mate. We had a lot, a lot of fun up there yeah, yeah. in the olden days. Only the once place. only once we got thrown out because my best mate was playing funny buggers with a salt pepper shaker. He said, you boys, you're always good today, you're bad. Get out. 
Really? Oh, yeah. You've been, Bloody you've, you've been chucked out of Todd Oh, yeah. Wow. And when we went back the next week, he says, oh, come on, boys. Okay, <laughs> okay you'll be good now. Wow. Okay, well, the, the unfolding personality and stories from John, uh, we're going to leave it. We're going to get back to you. Um, uh, we're going to talk about tequila. Yes. Oh, yeah? yeah tequila. I didn't get the tequila last night. We had a few quiet ones because we had mm. another birthday party for Dad. Because mm. uh, we had uh, cousins and friends. We went to the Morty Hotel and the food that we had. But it didn't have any tequila, I think. My Joe, he's 18 now, so he's trying things. So last night it was a bourbon. Deeply, tequila, maybe next. Deeply disturbing. All right, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> See you, John. <laughs> have a beautiful day, guys. It's always good when John's laughing. We're going to be talking about tequila very, very shortly, but we must say congratulations to... To Bryce, who picked up the uh, double pass for Dining with Heart. A significant prize. Very significant prize. Uh But it sounds like... Be a a good night. I think there's still some seats available, so Google it if uh, it sounds like something you want to do this Tuesday. And don't forget that there's Dining with Heart everywhere around Melbourne. There's words fail me in my mouth. (laughs) Stop drinking. suddenly went to Elmer Fudd mode. I need tequila, (laughs) and we're going to do it after this, but... um, Two tracks today. Matt's been good to you. Yes. Yeah, baby. Hey, look up my glass over there. Sorry, Jimmy. What sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Let's drink. Cheers. And you've turned it on. There we go. It's, uh, what time is it? 12.46 here on Sunday. A windy Sunday uh, it is. And we're here to talk about, uh, well, let's face it, we could call this a Rodney Dangerfield sort of uh, uh, type of drink. It's a drink that gets no respect, but it should get some respect because at its very heart, this is one of the great prides of Mexico. And yet... What we see when we think about tequila is maybe, I don't know, a tequila slammer, a tequila, the lips, it can suck, you know, or, or even worse, where you start squeezing the lemon in your eyes and, and do all sorts of stuff. What we are here to do is to bring back or bring forth some respect of this marvellous drink. And uh, we have an esteemed tequila panel here today. Adele Arkel from uh, Radio Mexico here. She's uh, anchoring a group here when the, as a great restaurateur doing beautiful food and serving great great booze with it, let's face it. Uh, Nick Reed, who's part of uh, Tromba Tequila, and, uh, and we are delighted and honoured to, uh, to introduce to you uh, the head distiller from Tromba Tequila, uh, in Mexico, Marco Sedano, uh, a very, very warm welcome to all of you. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Hi. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure. So, um, how do we? Let's just start this. I'll kick the ball into play, and 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 talk about that. Is that there is a perception about tequila, and we could do so much more. Discuss. I think... Um, yeah, Nick's taking the ball. There we go. Pass to Nick. He's taking it. Straight into it. I yeah. think uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big parallel between the perception of Mexico and the perception of tequila. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Can you help the mic? Sorry. I've tried to move it and it's decided to have a mind of its own. Perception of tequila. Yes. Perception of tequila. So all some Mexican restaurants in Australia like Radio Mexico, which have popped up in the last five or ten years, have played a big role in changing perception of Mexican food. And... 
So Mexico has always been seen as this place to the south of the United States, mm. which has got a lot of cartel activity, mm. um, Cancun, the real Cancun and things like that. And there's actually a, oh dear. Lot, yes. there's a lot more to Mexico than Mexico. It's incredible art scene, culture, obviously incredible history in the, uh, the mix of the Spanish and indigenous cultures. And then you've got tequila, which up until, you know, five or ten years ago in Australia, people were, like you said, squeezing limes into their eyes and sucking on salts. Yes. And yeah, I got it mixed up. Yep. And so our... Or the tequila slammer. The tequila slammer, which yes. is very fun, but it's a good way of masking the taste of very horrible tequila. Putting worms <laughs> into stuff that isn't tequila. That's exactly right. And so, and our thing in tequila trauma is if, is if we can change the perception of tequila by telling people that it's an incredible story about this incredible plant it comes from, the place it comes from, then at the same time, we will change the perception of Mexico because the perception of Mexico and tequila are so closely linked together. All right, here's the obvious question, and Mark, I'm looking forward to hearing from you very, very shortly, but we have to ask this question about what on earth is an Australian doing uh, with a tequila company? How on earth did this take place? Uh, I went to Mexico at the end of 2004 and got stuck. and could never get out. Really? And the only way I could get out was by bringing a bottle of tequila with me and telling people about it. Yes. Yep. So seriously, th- this was, um, it was, you had a revelation when you, you went to Mexico. Yeah, I was the same as every other Australian. I drank tequila when I, was, when I was 17 and now I can never drink it again. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> as if you have said yeah. that, yes. And I rolled up to Mexico. No, I went on, I uh, went to study in, in Mexico and ro- ended up in Guadalajara, which just happened to be the capital of the tequila world. And fell in love with what tequila actually is. And not just the spirit, but the whole culture behind about the food and the drink and the, uh, the mountains and the people. Mm. Well, maybe we might have a chat to Marco. Marco, welcome to Australia. Thank you very much. Um, your first time, yeah? Yeah, it's my first time in Australia. Well, hopefully it won't be your last and you'll, you'll be able to come back to all these places. But let's first of all talk about what is... What is the best area in Mexico to grow the agave, which is the the heart of tequila? Where tequila comes from, yeah? Well, uh, we think the best place is in the highlands. Yes, so we want uh, altitude. Yeah, because uh, we are using that there, but uh, the reason is because it has uh, two periods in the in the winter mm. with uh, lower uh, temperatures. Yes. Comparing with the valley, where is does not does not uh, too scorchio d- yeah yeah and then um, with these two times in Belarus uh, temperature is made in more sugar on the in the agave uh, then the the agave in the in the highlands are richer so by having a, it's like a it's a slow ripening is what you're looking for so by having a slow ripening you have more profound uh, development of sugars within the agave correct is that right it's am i interpreting that right it's correct so through having higher sugars you therefore get more complexity in the end product Would that is that what you look for very well said <clears throat> yeah yeah that's 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 it uh if you have much uh, sugar, yes, you have more opportunity to make uh, more things with the with the fermentation. And at its very very best, with um, a really really great um, with a, with a great tequila, is the fact that you get all sorts of 
wonderful aromatics that express themselves through there. So tequila transcends itself from something that you smash on a thing with some... <laughs> I got a little bit violent there. Uh, we've, uh, we've tried ginger for a thing, but it's something that you can sit, sip, contemplate, like, uh, say, people in the Northern Hemisphere in kilts doing with scotch whiskey and things like that. So it can be just as valid as a drink for reflecting and to think about taste as, as something like scotches, yeah? Um, well, I, I'd like to I'd, say something about that just yeah. from the restaurant point of view because we'll what, I, fi- what yeah. I find happens on this point at Radio Mexico, and I would say in every and Mexican... Hi, <laughs> hi yeah. everybody. Hi, uh, anyway, the, what, what always happens with tequila, and it comes back to this perception that Nick spoke about earlier, is that they... People have a, a Mexican meal, they have a, a couple of margaritas, they have a couple of beers. That at the end, they're a bit drunk and they're like, let's have some tequila. And, and that's when <laughs> they... <laughs> yeah, it's like that. <laughs> and everybody oh, goes crazy. It's so yeah. like that. And, yeah. you know, and then they say, give me your best tequila. Yes, yeah, I go What's best, you know, is it the most expensive? What, there's just so many different... It's like wine. There's just, it's, in wine, you have different varietals. In tequila, you have different makers. You have different regions, lowlands, highlands, whatever. Yes. So, you know what what makes me upset is when people come in and they have their tequila at the end of the meal when they're drunk and they're slamming it back and I just oh, I just people. say oh people yeah people start people. <laughs> start with the tequila yeah because that's when you can really appreciate it and and you put it with the food it just sings with the food it's all you know nothing goes with Mexican food like tequila straight tequila I mean obviously margaritas as well which is which is how we how we kind of put tequila out there to the we- to the people mostly but but yeah, I'm trying to get the. I'm, I'm a bit of a tequileña. I love uh, a what? Tequileña. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> I like, a woman who loves tequila. There's not many of us around. Uh, but but anyway, it's a. How fine do you spell <laughs> it? Tequileña. Yeah, don't worry, Matt's going. Don't worry. <laughs> but it's you know it's a beautiful drink. It's a fine drink, and um, it, it's like if you like wine, you'll you'll appreciate tequila because it's complex. It's fine. It's aromatic. There's this different aging. It, it's just beautiful. But, and. And Marco can what, tell you a lot more what about I was, that than What me. I wanted to ask Marco about was to, to give an idea of, um, with the range that uh, Tromba has, I think there's three different ones of different ages. Uh, on American White Oak, I think it was, that you you age your stuff. Yep. American Oak? Ex-Jack yeah. yeah. Daniels Barrels there. Nice. And um, I'm just wondering for, for those, what sort of aromatics, what sort of qualities can do you get from your, your product? So the, one of the incredible things about tequila, like Adele touched on, is that the, the agave plant takes eight years to grow. What does an agave plant look like? It's, uh, it's probably, when it's mature, it's probably about nearly two metres tall and basically it's got these big, sharp, they call them penkers, leaves on them. Yes. And to make the tequila, actually chop the penkers off and use the heart of the plant. You've got a special knife for that, don't you? What do you call that? It's got a koa. Koa, Mark? A koa is it. A koa. Is it true, yeah. Do you do that anymore? You don't have to do that anymore, do you? No, no, no. no, that, no. When you're younger, I you put do. my legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for the young but guys. That's, that's yeah. work. I mean, when you see them, I mean, it's, it's a profession. It's a, it's a um, incredible skill to be able to trim the the agave in a way that that you know is correct. And yeah. you know, it's it's a beautiful thing that this is a beverage that the plant is cultivated by hand. It like, is absolutely. It's so, amazing. So what happens is these leaves get taken off, so we have this like big ball, and then that is mashed up 
and then that mash is fermented. So it's so it's cooked under steam. Steamed. steamed. That's right. So steamed. steamed so yep. to caramelise the sugars. Yes. And then we put it through a mill to extract the sugars. Yes. And then we ferment it and distill it. And a lot of a lot of the flavours, for example, the Blanco, which is unaged, a lot of the flavours are coming direct from the field, much yes. like a wine. The, the flavours are coming from the agave. So it's it's a Mexican terroir. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it yeah. is a reflection Absolutely. of the area that it is grown in. Mm. So, so yeah, there it is. Um, and you're going to be serving. Th- this is going to happen. First of all, uh, obviously, Radio Mexico will be providing that uh, if people want to come in and try that. Um, liquor store, so there's an available uh, around the place, good tequilas? Yeah, we've got some great independent liquor stores in Melbourne who, who push you know, good quality yes. independent craft brands. Um, places like uh, Smith Street Cellars, McCoppins, Blackheart and Sparrows. I'll get on your Blackheart and Sparrows. They're always, you can always count on them to have we interesting them, things, yeah. can't you? Yeah, we love them. Mm. <laughs> and um, uh, so it's... It's a great. It works with food. It's a great. It's a, it's a food accessible drink. Yeah. Oh man! And if only I could get this across. It's actually a bit of a slow, hard sell mm. because of this perception thing again. This is but Adele and a hard yakka. Oh, it's a know, hard yakka moment, folks. You know, Mexican food is so beautiful, and it's uh, as well. Like it's all. It's a. It's a very handcrafted food and it kind of just follows that tequila is the same so if you think if you think of mexican produce it's like it's all coming from the same area so it all just naturally goes together you know your tomatoes your chilies your Mm. you know all these vegetables that you know were exported to the rest of the world i mean i always say you know we can't imagine italy or spain without tomatoes but they came from mexico there's this perception that yeah and chili you know all yeah, it's part of things. the. Uh, what are we talking about? The Columbus Exchange. Yeah, absolutely. So this, you know, Mexico is like the fu- the fruit, the food bowl rather of the world. It's like it is rich in amazing, um, you know, indigenous plants. And I, I, I guess, and what has happened is we've had this slow learning experience because mm-hmm. for uh, for and you're part of this, Adele, and we thank you for this because for many years. The uh, perception of Mexican food was refried beans, tortilla chips, uh, and a whole bunch of terrible or just other things. From a tin, right? And but <laughs> but yeah, but so but following on from that, we have this next thing where we we learn about actually the spirit can be something that can be so laudable and an enjoyable thing. So uh, Marco's yeah. got a great theory on. We talked about the Blanca Reposado and the Echo. He can tell us his theory on when you should drink each one. Done. Go, Marco. Tell us when should okay. we drink. Yeah, uh, well, uh, talking about the the food, I, I said all the way, all the time, uh, blanco is good for to enjoy before the meals. Aperitivo, yeah, can, yeah. Mm. You can mm. drink uh, reposado in middle, yes, with the food and everything, and you can finish with the uh, añejo. And this is the one that's been on oak for twenty two months, yeah, yeah, mm. because it's uh, very very nice. If the añejo you taste it with coffee, for example, yep, here you have and amazing a, with a, chocolate, a very too, nice no? coffee, or chocolate, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, uh, you must think that uh, blanco is uh, a drink of seven years at least, yes, because you have the agave in the land, mm. but that time, that's just very important to know that it's the unique drink in the world. Yeah, that has that sign for it to be in your your mm. table. Can people meet Marco while he's here? Uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, we've got a big class for some of the hospitality trade tomorrow yeah. at the Bellville 
the Belleville Bar in the city. Fantastic. And we'll be around with Radio Mexico on Thursday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're sold out. All gone. <laughs> well, <laughs> Belleville, <laughs> enjoy the chicken at the Belleville, especially with the miso butter. Actually, that would probably go well with the tequila too, I'd imagine. It's very good mm. chicken. All right, Matt. Okay, Matt's waving his arms. Um, Adele, first of all, thank you for supporting Sacred Heart and putting on that dinner. It's a pleasure. Um, thank you. It should be acknowledged that you guys have provided the booze for that dinner, so there's a bit of good charity. Marco, again, welcome to Melbourne specifically. Thank welcome you. to Australia generally. Um, and Matt's going to shoot me because we've got to go. It's been wonderful <laughs> to speak to you all. Thank you for listening. Congratulations to our winner and uh, political asylum. It's possible. And it's happening right after this. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.